Hello and welcome to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize, a podcast about the business side of being a creative. My name's Chris Scott. My name's Atish. And in this week's episode, we talk about sticking to those New Year's resolutions and goals. And we also talk about stepping outside of your box and enjoying some uncomfortableness. Get outside your comfort zone. I believe today is January 13th. Nope, 15th. No, it's not. Yeah. Oh, right. Got it. Yeah, calendars are hard, man. Yeah, sorry. I messed up. It's January 15th, and I forget where I saw this. I think it was off of... Oh. I don't know. I I forget where I saw it, but this is the... A billboard. It might have been a billboard. A flyer in a bar. (laughs) That is more likely. (laughs) A local newspaper. Uh, No, I think I... I think I read it in some, like, uh, you know those, there are certain blogs that I follow, like, wait, but why? Do you know what I'm referring to? You've mentioned this before, but I've never looked it up. <laughs> looked it up. Okay, well, yeah. it might have been one of those things. And um, I it, January 15th is the date by which, like, a staggering number, like, 98% of all people have already given up on their New Year's resolutions. By the 15th. By the 15th. So all right. Two weeks in, just over two weeks in. Okay. Right. And uh, you and I. You and I. You, <laughs> you and I. Made, made goals. <laughs> Man, nice. we're finishing each other's sentences. Yeah. <laughs> we're just that close. Um, we made some goals uh, earlier. I think this is the furthest we've ever sat from each other while recording a podcast. This is? I think so. Man. Wait, no. This is the wait, same setup wait as till last next time. Month. Yeah. Wait till next <laughs> yeah, month. Wait till next month. I'm pretty sure last time was... No, I was sitting over there last time. <laughs> and when we were in the library, we are just a desk apart. That's true. Well, this is about a desk line. I think maybe you are assuming this is farther because there is no desk in between us. So it looks like there's just... There is no space. spoon. Right. Anyways. Um, Sidetrack aside... We made goals last year. We made some goals last year. For this year. For this year. Um, and uh, and I think during that time, we were hitting on how to make them uh, uh, smart. Yes. I don't remember what that's Measure- for. Measurable, attainable, all, all that stuff. Right. Um, realistic, and then time. Like it had a time thing. What did the S stand for? Systematic? No. Hydromatic. Uh, super uh, smart is what we're talking about. Yeah, smart. <laughs> okay, whatever. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna pass over that. Um, but the whole point was that we we uh, made some goals that were you know pretty relevant to you know what we're getting on with. And I mean, I guess first and foremost, how are you doing in terms of that progress? Um, I f- I feel like I'm doing pretty well. I am. Um. Uh, Kind of well, it's it's the beginning of January, and it's kind of yeah. like this weird limbo. Yeah, that it's hard to get people on the phone, people to have mm-hmm. conversations with you, people mm-hmm. to to do stuff. So it's kind of this weird limbo. And even though the month's halfway over, people are still kind of easing into the year. Yeah, I feel like most people, myself included, sort of don't really have their uh, their 
focus set on the long term. Everything was all about just like making it through different holidays or from one thing to the next. And am I visiting this person? Am I doing whatever? This person's coming into town, yada, yada, yada. And now is the time where, you know, we're shifting back into our normal, you know, annual shit. Like what the rest of our lives is. Specific. Specific, measurable, attainable. Achievable. Attainable and achievable are the same thing. That's debatable. (laughs) Uh, Results focused and time bound. Results focused. I'm pretty sure mine was realistic. Uh, should be results focused. Back to the archives. Yeah, we'll just have to have that conversation again. Yeah, we'll just no, do we it won't. over and over and over. Just go back and listen to part two of A New Year, New You. Yeah, and then you can write in the comments how big of idiots we are. We're not idiots. We're smart goal setters. Smart goal setters. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely felt the suck of the the limbo kind of effect happening. Mm-hmm. Uh where, you know, I was up for this new job, but I wasn't sure if I was going to take it. And I was also, you know, working, but also not working and kind of like figuring out what I was doing. And so it was kind of hard for me to, I guess, keep myself on track with whatever I was supposed to be doing uh-huh. during this time. But at the same time, I one of, one of my things I had set for myself was that I made plans previously on how to get better at processing information. And that's by reading all the time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that sort of thing. And I wanted to get better at writing because I want to eventually like have my own systems in place where I sell these things off to people. And the only way to do that is to actually write stuff. Like it would be pretty dumb to have to outsource that kind of work right from the get go. Right. Unless you're someone that does that all the time. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't have money to, to do that kind of thing. I was thinking of like Tim Ferriss. Any outsourced to India for his language books or whatever? Oh, I don't know about language books, but I definitely know he like right off the bat made some supplements or something that he outsourced. I thought it was a language system to learn languages. Was it? I think so. I don't know. It's been a while since I read the Four Hour Work Week. Yeah, I, I outsourced that, so I just got Cliff <laughs> Notes. Yeah, I, I never really bought into the whole like. Because I was intrigued, obviously. Everyone's intrigued by the notion. It's like, oh, man, can I really simplify my work process into, like, then dialing it down into smaller pieces so I can focus the rest of my time on personal growth or, you know, professional growth in different avenues? But uh, I never really bought into the whole, like, oh, it's simple. You can just take these tasks and chunk them down into uh, answer your email only a couple times a day and then have other people do some of your f- your work for you, basically. Well, not, it's just like frivolous work. Well, if you think about like a job, like, I don't know, every time I've had a job, <laughs> how, I don't remember. Well, let's say, okay, when I worked at the news station. Yeah. All right. There was a five o'clock news. There was a six o'clock news and there was a 10 o'clock news. Okay. I was there for uh, eight hours. Uh-huh. The news was on for an hour and a half. Total. Total. So you maybe have 15 minutes before each newscast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for, you know, two and a half hours, I was working for the shift. But I had to be there for eight hours because I was a full-time employee. What, so what were you doing during exactly. Exactly. Just hanging out. Uh, we took long lunches. <laughs> uh, some people, you know, whoever was in trouble had to digitize commercial spots. Digitize? Yeah, someone was sending a tape and you would have to 
put it on the server, and then they could play it whenever Master Control wanted to play it. Hmm. And uh, yeah, that's basically all we did. It sounds really boring. Yeah, there's one person that kind of had to work more than everybody else, and that was a graphics person because <laughs> they had to make maps and pictures and stuff for the newscast. And that took, oh, is that like where the two anchors are sitting at the desk? And they have like a picture and by their head. Something. Yeah. Or there's like a map of where the car accident happened. Yeah, or, or some police caution tape. Over right, the or they're standing in front of a, a plasma screen with, a president said this today. <laughs> it's like a picture of the president with, you know, holes. Holes. Yeah, that's a new one. Shit holes. Oh yeah. So that's how I would do that plasma screen. Yeah. Picture of the president with a bunch of holes in it. Bunch of hole. <laughs> Just in case. Right. Um. So well, and then, but 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 if you think about like real time, like real jobs, like how often do you really? Every time I work from home, I'm not working. I work maybe two hours a day. Yeah. You know, but I can say, well, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like clicking at things <laughs> on my computer while I'm editing. And then I get bored of doing that or I have to take a break. So then I click on internets and internet things happen. Yeah. You know, Facebooks and blogs. All kinds of other distracting stuff. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. No, man, I get into some serious YouTube holes. And then auto plays on. And then three hours later, you're like, whoa. Yeah. It's lunchtime, so then I go eat lunch. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. I don't really I, – I feel like some people do work hard all day long for their entire shift. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's a certain group of people that can outsource all, like, the dumb stuff. Yeah. Like, for me, if someone took care of invoicing and following up on invoicing, that'd be great. That's, like, four hours out of my week. Or if someone was involved – or if someone was in charge of – emailing my newsletter or emailing something or other, that would be great because that's hours. See, that's what you should have gotten an intern to do. Right. Right. Missed opportunity. Totally missed opportunity. I mean, until you cycle a new one back in. Right. So I think, I think it's a four hour work week is possible. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's, it's not that it's not possible, but I think that he's coming from a position where he was able to, get these things started and rolling. I mean, what, where did he graduate from? Stanford or Yale or something, yeah, like, something that? like that? And so he has some startup capital already. It's like, what do you do when you can't pay for other people to, you know, create your supplement in China or um, whatever, do your language processing stack or I forget what it was exactly you just said. But, but that's kind of not a plausible thing for most people. Right. Well, like you want to uh, write out a system. Right. You know, let's say you make your system. You can have someone run it through the cycle of how to sell it. So you have to find an audience. You have to send out your work to that audience. You have to respond to that audience. You uh-huh. have to remind the audience that this product's available. People buy, buy the product. People have questions about it. People can figure that out. You can outsource a lot of that busybody work. Hmm. So like understanding like or basically filling in the ramifications of how this process actually works, like how I would plug it and sell it. Right. Like you're a, you bartended before, right? Uh, yeah. Have you bartended recently? Yeah. Have you worked at a bar with a very complex drink menu? Yes. Do you ever have, I, I bet there's probably one or 10 customers that come in and ask about every single drink. Yes. Don't you wish there was someone else there 
to say what the heck those oh, drinks are. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And then when you show up, like a bar back, be like, oh, yeah, that's prickly pear infused <laughs> juju juice. And it's it crazy adds, how spot on you're being right now. And it adds a kick of tartness and sweetness. <laughs> so, uh, and then you show up after this person spiels everything out. And, and then like, I just plug and chug. They're like, hey, I want a gin and tonic. And you're like, cool. And then you go make a gin and tonic. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. That would be helpful. So, I don't know. I think you just got to figure out when you start doing things on your own and running your own business and re- selling your own systems or your own products, where do you want to spend your time? Mm-hmm. And where is, do you have enough uh, coming in to where you can afford freeing up some time by adding some overhead? So kind of essentially adding some overhead, but maximizing efficiency. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm not at that place just yet. I mean, the the whole kind of the idea, I suppose, was that 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 would be something I could do. Like I could have a team of writers or something like that. But the whole point is, is that I want to develop this system right now. And I also want to have ownership of that. Well, no, I mean, I'm not saying your first roundabout, but if you were someone that's like, Hey, I want to, I want to create a system on how to schedule your day better. Mm. You know, something basic is something general. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I can outline the things I think are most important about scheduling your day and then hire a ghostwriter to fill in the blanks <laughs> to fluff it up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. You I know. see what you're saying. Yeah, and I think that's becoming an ever-popular thing. Like, Tucker Max owns a company now called Book in a Box where they have, like, a series of interviews with you where you you talk about what you want your book to be and you kind of – I don't know how in-depth these interviews are, but basically they have you get all the core information out and then they have somebody actually just, like, like just kind of write it and finish it up. Uh-huh. I don't know. So I guess that's a thing. That's interesting. Yeah. So – Just, you know, it, it, I guess it all depends on where you are in your life and, and where you want to spend your time. I feel like you do reach a point in your life where you're like, I don't want to waste any more time doing this anymore. Yeah. Like, I love what I'm doing. I love the results and I love like parts of it, but I just don't love this one thing that's dragging the whole thing down. Yeah. Well, and do you believe that you can, given the amount that like given an infinite amount of time and energy, do you think you could get good at anything you wanted? Or do you think that kind of the way that the world, the world works, no matter, you know, whatever it is, is that you, or I guess based in more reality where you don't have an infinite time and an infinite amount of energy. Do you think you can only really get proficient at a couple things? I think you could only get proficient at maybe two things. Yeah. And that's why I don't think the character James Bond is believable. Hmm. Now you touched on a, on a, I, well, okay. See, but that's, he's like a master marksman. He's a, he can fight anybody. He's a expert driver. He's constantly traveling. Like I must be tired all the time. He drinks all the time. There's no way, no way. That person exists in real life. I mean, perhaps I'm just, I have too much of like an admiration for this type of thing or like I'm too enamored with the concept, but I think you're describing basically like special forces right now. No, I think that's different. No, like a Navy SEAL who goes to their, their, uh, their specialties, they go out for a sniper, right? They're an expert marksman. They don't sleep a whole lot. Not every SEAL is a sniper. 
Right, not every SEAL is, but some But are. James Bond is a sniper and an expert handgun marksman. <laughs> every weapon expert. Yeah, well, but that's why Lasers I thought that at least maybe not, because of course it is a fictional movie, but I think that that's why Daniel Craig is my favorite Bond. And we've argued about this before. Because he's the least believable one. No, he's the most believable one. That's the thing that you're not acknowledging. I'm definitely acknowledging it right now. No, you're not. I am. He's the most believable one because here you have like pierce brosnan who's basically looks like a total fop like he he's just not believable that he could actually be that good of a skilled fighter a marksman perhaps but like he just does not or do all the things that he's doing all the athletic things that he's doing while also you know like it's not like you're seeing um uh it's not like you're seeing daniel craig's bond do that many feats that are out of I saw him parkour off a crane into some embassy where he shouldn't have shot somebody. Yeah, and he he looks athletic as fuck in that movie. He doesn't look like someone I can parkour. I do, I mean I don't know enough about parkour to. <laughs> he he's no no way, no way no way. What about uh well, yeah like I. I Okay, but my whole point wasn't that he's 100% believable. He's just more believable. He is the most believable Bond. Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. Sure he is. No. Hmm. I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree on I that. I guess we'll disagree on that. Yeah. I don't know. I like the Daniel Craig movies. I like Skyfall a lot. Uh, the other ones were fine. And I think everybody else was kind of, they fit their world they all fit their world best. What do you mean? Like, uh, like Sean Connery is really good at being the cool guy, and that's time frame mm. and that era. He was solid, and and then the seventies and eighties came around, and Roger Moore was great at being. Roger that. Moore was kind of the silly one. Yeah, the campy fun guy. Yeah. But all of his movies were kind of silly and campy. He also looked ancient. I don't think he looked that old. He looked really old. And then Timothy Dalton came around when the eighties got dark, <laughs> and he was good for that. Yeah. When the 80s got dark. So I feel like they all fit their time, for their era, their worlds, their movies. I think they, they all did a good job in their own way. Except so, for Hazel, Hazelby? Lazenby. Lazenby. I think he, it was just bad. He was only in one of them. Right. He was the, in the one, uh, wasn't he in the one where James Bond gets married and then On his Her wife Majesty's gets Secret Service? Yeah, that's the one, right? Where James Bond gets married. Yeah. Um, Did you watch that documentary on Hulu? Becoming Bond? Mm -hmm. No, I didn't. It's about how he became James Bond. Oh, it's about George Lazenby. Yeah. Wasn't he a model or something like that? Yeah. Oh, he was like a car commercial guy. I don't know. I need to watch it again. It was actually pretty interesting. Was it really? Because I, I totally just didn't. I. I wasn't going to watch it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting. I was like, what? That's crazy. Okay, so where would you rank it on better or worse than your Netflix toy documentary? Oh, man. I just finished the Netflix toy documentary, and I actually enjoyed every episode of it. There's four episodes. Uh -huh. There's a Star Wars toys episode, Barbie toys, G.I. Joe, and He-Man. And they all were fascinating stories on how they came to be. And like the changes throughout the history of the decades, all this other fun stuff. It was so cool. Hmm. So, I, but it's like in there, it's in there. It's in the interesting documentary. 
I don't know. I watch a lot of true crime documentaries. That's I do too. More my wheelhouse. Yeah, but it's it's interesting hearing these. They're clever stories and how things came to be. So if you watch, let's say the He Man toy documentary, I know you won't. I don't know if you remember <laughs> the, the He Man cartoon as a kid. No, I absolutely. You were don't. probably way too young. You weren't even born yet. Uh, when was it on? Eighty three uh, yeah. to eighty six. I wasn't born for at its end for another five years. Wow. So when I guess toys had a little slump when Return of the Jedi was over because they weren't putting out Star Wars toys anymore. Mm. So then the toy company was like, hey, we need to make a new character. And one guy was like, I want to make this character called He-Man. And he's like this crazy gladiator looking guy. And we're going to add muscles to him. He's not going to be this stinky little five inch <laughs> character that start all the Star Wars toys were. And so they gave him muscles and they all big and stuff. And they created this entire world around this toy idea. It's like uh, He-Man is going to be the character. And at some point he needs to say, I have the power because that's what all the kids want to say. We're going to get everybody to be that man character. This is such a crazy marketing plan they already have. Right. So then they pitch it to the company. And the company's like, how are people going to know who this character is? There's nothing to... Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing to like this is just out of the blue. Like, oh kids want to say I have the power, I get it. And one guy just randomly just like just craps out this idea that they're gonna include a comic book with every toy sold. Because kids were reading comic books. Reading back comics then. back then, yeah. And so they're like, Oh, that's a great idea. We sell comic books with these toys and people are gonna get attached to the characters and then we'll, we can explain the world and who they are and all this other fun stuff. And then someone else after a few meetings was like, Hey, uh, who's gonna? Who are you marketing these toys to? And they're like five year olds, and they're like five year olds don't read comic books. And then one guy was like, "I know, that's why we're making a two hour TV special." Oh my god, what? And they found some Korean animation company <laughs> to randomly like bust out this He Man cartoon, outsourcing just like Tim Ferriss, just like Tim Ferriss would. <laughs> and then it became a huge phenomenon, like billions of dollars. That toy line made billions of dollars. The He-Man toys. In like three years. Yeah. In the 80s. How crazy is that? Yeah. That's ridiculous. So, And then they just kept making cartoons. Well, they made cartoons for a while. And then they were like, oh, we need a girl version of this. And they made a He-Man as a twin sister named She-Ra. She-Ra? She-Ra. She-Ra. Yeah. Did she get her own cartoon? She did. And how'd that do? Uh, it did pretty well. And then everyone thought that all the boys thought that now that girls have a He-Man of their own. That the, it's not cool anymore. So they wanted something else. So then He-Man kind of went downhill after that. And then they made Transformers? I don't. They didn't even talk about Transformers. So who knows where that falls hmm. in this whole world. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll give it a watch. Probably not going to level with you. Probably not. Give it a try. Okay. Just the He-Man one. Yeah, I, did, I ran out of Frasier episodes to watch anyways. And that George Lazenby? 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 That's a good one. And then on Hulu, and then the other one on Hulu that's good is the Batman one. The Batman one? There's uh, Everyone thinks Bob Kane created Batman. Who's Bob Kane? The creator of Batman. The one that's credited for uh, creating Batman. But it was actually him and he took the idea from someone else. Uh And it was the story about how that other guy never got credit for it and how his life was like this, like just this whirlwind of crap. (laughs) Tumultuous shit. And then Bob Kane's over here trying to become... You know, he's like buddies with Stan Lee and like trying to keep up with that guy. Yeah. In the comic book world. It's good. 
it's crazy how many stories are out there like that. Like the the other guy, the other Facebook or the the fucking Facebook twins, who like I mean, what the fuck have they done? They just uh, made a lot of money off Bitcoin, right? Everybody is supposedly making a whole lot of money off Bitcoin, right? When's that bubble gonna burst? Uh, well, pretty soon. We're not gonna have uh, just internets or currencies anymore. Why is that? I feel like some crazy robotic apocalypse is going to happen. Yeah, so I... Um, this Robots is, are going to take over the world? Uh, okay, so here's a crazy theory for you from I forget where. Um, it might have been Christopher Ryan or it might have been someone else, but they were like theorizing that maybe this is... You know how um, there's the stage where the the caterpillar goes into the cocoon and then comes out a butterfly, right? Uh-huh. So there's like sort of a gestation period and there's there's steps that need to happen in order for a butterfly to be made. It's not just like, oh yeah, two butterflies mate somehow and then it makes a butterfly. Like it doesn't work like that, right? That's how that works. Eventually. But a caterpillar is different than a butterfly. No. <laughs> Caterpillars turn into butterflies. Yeah, but okay. So... Following that line of reasoning, somebody was like, what if the whole point of the earth is just that that's part of the process is that, you know, we become conscious enough to where we create things and then we create the actual meant for inhabitants, which are robots, artificial intelligence. Oh, I don't like that. No. Yeah. It's not, it's not likable. That doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't it? Well, it's like, uh, like your body, you just grow up. You start as a baby and you become an adult. It's like yeah. that's like a natural formation. No one's telling my body to build it up to be a bigger person. It's like the natural progression of it. Uh, I, I think you're, you're, I, I forget what this is called. I keep calling it a confirmation bias, but I'm not sure. Basically, that because you are the, oh no, it's the observer bias. Because you're the observer, you're, you're interpreting something differently. So you're interpreting that you have free agency and that like, Oh no, this is what naturally happens. This is what things are meant to be somehow, but that may or may not be the case. Well, I'm showing, I'm telling you my point. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. But what would we be making? What are we making? Artificial intelligence. So you're saying that, uh, in theory, the earth is some sort of caterpillar and we are building up this caterpillar to become a giant talking robot. No, you're oversimplifying. Let me, let me put it into terms you'll understand. Um, it's like the movie Contact, right? They don't fully understand what they're making, but they got these alien plans and now they're making, and the whole, the, the thing was they thought it's a spaceship that will be able to uh, take her to some planet when in fact there's a distinct possibility based on the open ending of the movie that it trans it goes through space and time simultaneously and just puts you somewhere so so it wasn't what they intended to make they wanted to make they thought they were making a spaceship but that might not have been what they were making the whole time okay so maybe that like maybe we're just the sex organs of a very complex machine Hmm. That's weird. Yeah. I don't buy it. Well, no, I'm not saying it's true. And in fact, the reality is probably intensely boring. We're just, you know, a a happy little accident 
combination of oxygen, nitrogen, and carbon. Right. And, and fun. And fun. And now we just kind of do this. Right. But who tells caterpillars to turn into butterflies? I don't know. That's that's where I'm getting caught up on this theory. But that's that's true. Like it, that's that's not a problem with this theory. That's a problem with reality. Like what what drives anyone to do anything? I mean, is is there any meaning or? Are we just biological entities, and when we die, then we die, and there is nothing left? Are you hoping that's true? So that way, I mean, I'm not really hoping anything. You, you can stop trying to fill this void you call a life <laughs> with something meaningful, <laughs> and purposeful. With you know, try to stop. You don't have to leave a legacy anymore because we're just discarded dead skin cells off some crazy giant creature that we've never ever considered existed. Right. Uh. But even a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. Yeah. That guy started crawling on the ground and then he sprouted some wings. Right. And he flew into a garden and brought joy to someone that saw it. Because butterflies are beautiful. Uh, I'm confused where you're going with this. I'm just saying that, you know, we all can change. Yeah. You know, we all should have that goal to become, be a cat. We should be caterpillars right now. And by the end of the year, we should be butterflies. Yeah. That should be part of our goal system that we have here. I mean, definitely. I've, I'm one of my key tenets was that I was going to get better at you know everything I'm trying to do and everything I'm trying to be. So, just do it in a way where you just become a beautiful butterfly. Easier said than done, my friend. But you know, if you're a caterpillar right now and you just see a bunch of butterflies out there, it's kind of daunting to like, how do I become that butterfly myself? Yeah, I uh, I definitely have a problem with uh, comparison. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I have this whole thing where... And, and and I think that was a major source or stem of my problems with, uh, you know, figuring out what I actually wanted to do career-wise. Mm-hmm. Because I grew up around PhD scientists, and then uh, a lot of my friends, just because I was, you know, always in AP classes and in a STEM field in college and all that kind of stuff all my friends were doing things of that ilk and so i just assumed that that was like something that i was supposed to do mm-hmm. or if i didn't do that then that meant that i was deficient somehow or maybe not as smart or maybe not as successful in the future or something like that and and that's a i think that's a really like detrimental i mean way to think you know what i mean right and it sounds so like hippie-ish, like, oh, don't compare yourself to anyone else. You're great just the way you are, blah, 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 like all that bullshit. But it, it really kind of limited my freedom of thought in terms of exploring actually what I wanted to do. And I only felt that much later when I took a whole lot of options off the table for myself and then was like, okay, well, you know, let's make lemonade. What do you actually want to do? Right. Let's Or just time to figure something out right which i think you can apply to the goals you set for the year yeah so you know you 15 days into trying to attempt this goal that you set you know it's okay to change your mind about that yeah i mean most definitely that for me um for me i think the the methodology methodology sure sure the methodology in sounds which, like something I would say. <laughs> now I'm not so sure it's a word. Um, the methodology with which that I 
am trying to achieve my goals has changed, but essentially they're still remaining the same. Right. Which is why I really force myself still, even though we were in this kind of limbo hiatus period, I still force myself to kind of keep up on my writing and keep making the, um, making the, I still haven't come up with a name. Of what? Your blog? Or your program? No, my blog, my program. Your system. Your... Yeah. Right. So I keep referring to it here on the podcast or like to anyone else who I talk to, but which really is only two other people. Um, about this, I keep referring to it as my system, but that's vague and kind of dumb sounding. No, I mean, it's a good word for now. Yeah. It's not 100% defined. Right. It's a, it's a good word for now. Exactly. And, and that's another one of those things that just like keeps me from doing stuff. I get like hung up on the first step, which is like, what is this called? What is this? You know, whatever. And I get so uh, verklempt over that that then I'm just like, I stop doing anything at all. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, oh, well, if I can't find a cool name, like that's my first step. I should just wait until I find one. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that that's kind of a... Um, a problem I see with a lot of people who are making goals or trying to attain something, resolutions, what have you, is they kind of become all or nothing in their mindset. Right. You know, how many people do you know that um, start, like, for instance, dieting or something like that? And they, for two weeks or three weeks or something, they eat crazy clean. They're like, I'm not going to have any carbohydrates or if I do, it's only going to be this much. I'm not going to eat this and I'm not going to eat past 8 PM for whatever reason. Um, and shit like that. Right. Right. But then they end up slipping up once or like they go out with their friends and they're like, Oh, you know, it'll be fine, whatever. And then they completely lose it. Like after that, it's, it's all over. Right. And I think it's because people set up these, these, um, all or nothing mindsets. And I think that's a big problem. That's that's why by January 15th, a lot of people have already bailed on their things. It's mm-hmm. because they set up these all or nothing mindsets where you don't factor in that, you know, there's some bend and some sway, but you kind of, for the most part, have to keep your eyes on the prize. Right. So, yeah, definitely. There isn't one way to do everything or one way to do one thing. Right. There's, you know, multiple ways. If something doesn't work out the first two weeks. Try it another way. Yeah. If that doesn't work out, just try it another way. Just keep moving forward and towards that goal. Yeah. It's not about, you know, failure is the thing that you learn from. So if you fail, that's good. That means you learned what you didn't work for you or what does work for you or something else. It's time for you to try something else mm-hmm. to still move forward. Yeah. Uh, perseverance for sure is, I think, the more important part. Or, I mean, and, and this is, of course, everything that I say I have to, or I suggest everyone has to take a huge grain of salt with because I only know up until now, you know what I mean? Like I can only coach people up into up until where I'm at. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Like for instance, the reason why I can be a good Muay Thai coach is because I've actually competed. I've actually taken fights and I've actually, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I know how to do that. In terms of... In terms of... In terms of kind of figuring out what you actually want to do, setting goals, being disciplined and being able to stick to things, I can get people to where I'm at, which is a pretty good place because I'm actually pretty damn good at, like, you know, do you just quote the president? Uh, That's a very cocky thing to say. Oh, that 
I mean, I am a very stable genius. That's what, that's what you keep telling me. <laughs> and yet you haven't shown it. <laughs> that, that in and of itself is such a crazy thing to say that it almost seems like antithetical to the statement in and of itself. Like the stable part is the part because uh, who thought that he wouldn't call himself a genius? That part is passive. That makes sense. It's the stable part that makes me like, like you wouldn't even bring that up. Like right. why would you bring that into right. question? That's the part that's so crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But but what you're trying to say is that I've accomplished X, Y, and Z because I did this, this, and this. Right. And that's something you can coach people on. Right. Or, or pass along in conversation. But what, what, it, what are these other things? What's happening next? Is what that you're concerned about? Well, I guess, I guess I want to make sure. And that, that was kind of where my, what I was saying about my methodology changing in terms of achieving my goals. I want to make sure I'm also advancing myself such that the systems that I'm devising are also going to be advancing. Right. And I, I, we were just talking about, uh, it was making me think of, think of that when you were talking about all of the programs, like different, uh, I don't know what you'd call that. Systems. God damn it. <laughs> I think that's my new buzzword. That's good. Systems and programs. Well, well, the thing about this line of thinking, though, is that like, you do need to push yourself in, into unknown territory. Because then you're not going to grow and no one else is ever going to grow either yeah. if you're helping other people. So, right. I mean, just thinking, oh, I can only coach you till right now, this moment. <laughs> it kind of just puts a huge, like border around you you're like stuck in a box yeah and it's a very tiny box because the world is just so giant and so massive it's you know i can only do what i can do for what i've known from right now it's it seems very uh limiting you know what it is i'm doing without saying the exact same ways that i used to i'm reverting back to uh this dumb need that you have to have titles titles and and yeah 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 so I mean, would we have planes if the Wright brothers didn't want to jump really high, you know? Is that what it was? I don't remember exactly what it was. <laughs> you know, it's like like that's where people grow the most and learn the most is taking steps into the unknown territory and mm-hmm. the uncharted lands and finding the new exciting things to figure out. I mean, that's where you really grow. But the fact the things that you're bringing with you are the things that you've learned to up to right now. Yeah. So you right now up in this moment, you've learned a lot. You've figured out systems. You can apply that to things outside of your box. Yeah. Yeah. So don't, don't define yourself by Hmm. this right now. It's very disheartening. Hmm. It's a bummer, man. It's a a bummer. Right. But that's the thing about goals as well. I mean, you, you, you're like, Oh, uh, you put all this pressure to be this one great thing and you try it once and then, Oh, I didn't, it didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, did it not work out because you kept doing things the same way that you've always been doing mm-hmm. that, that you've never been able to achieve the goal with before? Yeah, probably not. So you probably need to try something new and scary to kind of get to that goal and figure out how to get there because doing things the same way over and over again, and you're not getting to where you want to be. What is that called? I don't know. Silly. <laughs> I don't know. Silly. Well, so is there anything in particular, um, about your process this year or, or moving into your uh, 
like your murder mystery night or anything like that? Is there anything about that process that you're doing differently than you have before? So uh, I think the thing that's different about this year that I want to accomplish is that I want to be less about the movie and I want to be more about an experience Mm -hmm. and creating an audience to share that experience with. Okay. So I've always been focused on, you know, oh, I'm going to make a movie. And once, as soon as I make a movie, all the doors are going to be open. Right. And that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's lots of people that make lots of movies. Uh-huh. Some are good. Some are really bad. But if I don't have an audience to share that with, then what's the point? I see. And if I can't get the right people to see it, then what's the point? Right. To provide a larger audience for that. So in a weird way, as a filmmaker, your focus has shifted not obviously from the film because you're right. not going to put well, out right. sh- you're not going to put out bullshit like you're obviously going to make something good but your your kind of overarching focus has kind of shifted to the viewer so your your perspective has kind of changed perhaps right well the movie the audience that I want to make these movies for are movies that I want to watch i feel like that's something else that i haven't really focused on either i feel like up until this point there's been a lot of compromise and there's been a lot of uh like outward thinking, it's it's very, uh, I don't know how to say this, but uh, I don't know. I feel like I was just taking the easy path for everything. Hmm. And while we're making the Mummy movie, uh, I, I would just settle and compromise on everything. And it didn't really turn out the way that I hoped it would, but it's not that bad. I mean, it's still up on the screen. <laughs> yeah. It still exists, but it's not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Because I settled and I made compromises, so... This year, on the filmmaking part, I'm not going to do that. I'm not settling. I'm making the movies that I want to watch and with characters that I want to see. And I think that's the thing I need to stand my ground on the most with that. And then on top of that, I'm going to layer in creating an experience and creating an audience that would enjoy this world that I kind of want to build. Every time that I want to build the world, not just this one time for this one movie and this one story. but But something with a little more longevity. Right. So actually create, yeah, 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 create a following um, and then have have kind of your work pyramid up from there. Right. Yeah, that's cool. So that's the goal. Damn. And it's not scary even. It's just the fact that it's, I, I don't know, the it is scary, I guess, in a way because it's weird and new, but that's exciting. You know, whatever. <laughs> that's super exciting. <laughs> You know, whatever. Uh, well, I kind of like that approach or that that style of thinking in that you're breaking down and compartmentalizing um, what your overall success actually kind of looks like for you. Mm-hmm. In that, yeah, it is making a movie. That's part of it. And it is working as a creative, but it's also building an audience that will repeatedly always enjoy your work and you know, whatever. And then also like a good part of that is making things experiential. And so like you're kind of breaking down components and it kind of flushes out how you actually want to do these things. Right. Because you take something large and you take something vague, like, well, what I'd like to do is really be uh, the person who answers these big question, big picture questions in all these businesses. Like how can you, you know, drive these better return on investment? How can you get more people to like your shit? How can you, you know, whatever, these are sort of like bigger picture questions. And some of them are sort of ineffable because if everybody knew those answers, then how could you have stuff that goes out of business? How could you anything? Right. 
but those are also hard to answer. Mm -hmm. But then if you can take those things and kind of compartmentalize it like that into, into, you know, okay, well, why do I want to create these systems? How am I actually going to do that? Who am I going to sell these to? And you kind of make it into smaller tasks. I mean, that's kind of a easier thing to approach, I suppose. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely breaking it down helps out a lot. It makes it less daunting. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I'm building a giant ship. I'm, you know, getting some nuts and then getting some bolts and I want to, you know, do some <laughs> things with the metal and then waterproof it <laughs> or get a screen door and uh, spray paint it with that rubber spray. So things won't leak. Yeah. I get really, uh, I get really jammed up often on... I need to learn how to build a boat if I'm going to keep using that. Yeah. Uh, analogy? I was going to say analogy. But is it a... Is it? Yeah. I think I said Well, that I word. don't know. Did you say like or as? I was I trying to think if I said like or as. <laughs> hmm. Anyway. Yeah. I'm. That's a... I mean, speaking of boats, I just heard... I think everyone's heard that... Uh, that quote, I forget who said it, but it's, you know, you want to take the island, burn the fucking boats. Hmm. Meaning that you don't give yourself an out. Right. And Crazy. they'll force you to do something. Man, is that another way to tackle a goal that you're pushing aside in the January I mean, I 15th? think it is. Uh, yeah, it definitely is for me because uh, I am like kind of a prideful person. Mm -hmm. I think some people are. I mean, but... but uh, I think that also that only works for certain types of people because certain types of people, when they feel that kind of pressure, they're just going to fold and be like, Oh fuck it anyways. You know, right. But you know, for certain personalities, that's definitely a way to keep yourself motivated and keep yourself going on something is if, if you feel like, okay, I'm not giving myself another choice, I'm not doing anything else, mm -hmm. but that's also incredibly difficult. It is, but sometimes that's what you need. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, th I think that's sort of what I'm going to be, you know, doing with my goals for the year because I don't think it actually happens. It does have something to do with what my career is in the future, but I don't think it has anything to do with my career. For I mean, it does have my career for the now because I'm going to be basically pilot testing my systems, but like live. Uh-huh which uh, hopefully it goes well so I keep getting paid. If it doesn't, then... Uh, then we all know what's going to happen. <laughs> then then we figure something else out. But the, the point being is like this, I think, hopefully will be a sort of a pilot test which will give me that gratification and confidence to actually move forward on, you know. But again, like you said, I need to start or I need to stop getting so wrapped up in this. Like I need validation and and right. titles and because i feel like you may have taken this job to yeah. get more validation uh but you know what? it's that's not a bad thing the bad thing is i only know my life till this moment it's like <laughs> shut up nobody everybody knows their life till this moment shut up yeah i mean that's that's true i i i may have but it was also that i kind of saw it as an opportunity to to because because i do want to validate myself but it's not only that i i also want to learn the specific like i know how to do 
um, I know how to create operations systems for a specific industry. Right. Which, you know, I've always been working in like bar and restaurant industry and I've done it there. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wanted to see how it translates into more of like a uh, hard mathematics based. That way I can like actually learn how they make algorithms for these things. Right, right. Then I can like kind of hard make it more of a hard science and then sell that in general in a more of general sense. Yeah. Instead of like a feeling and thinking sense. Oh, I think it's a good move. Yeah. I mean, I, we'll see. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. <laughs> so as we are about to wrap up on this January 15th episode, this episode yeah. about do I still follow through with this goal? Yeah. I don't know if that's the well, new title or not. That, that, but also, you know, how to, how to basically keep yourself from, from losing focus and quitting. So let's take a moment and let's evaluate these goals that we set for this new year. Sure. You know, why did you set that goal? What was, what was the real purpose for doing that goal? Was it to better some part of your life? Was it to shut someone up that keeps judging you? (laughs) You know, what, what was the purpose of that goal? And if you want to give up on that goal right now, what make, what, why, why, why do you want to give up on that goal? Yeah. You know, is it, what's the motivation? What was the motivation to set that goal? And what's your motivation to not do that goal? And I'm guessing that is going to be this thing that we just talked about, about being stuck in a box. And it's this yeah. fear thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's scary trying new things and scary trying to, you know, step out of your comfort zone. But that's where you're going to experience the most growth. That's where you're going to experience probably the greatest and worst moments of your life. But it's something that's part of life. And you can't just stick to the straight line and hope that everything's going to change. You got to veer off course sometimes to figure out what you really want, what you really want to be, what you really want to accomplish. Yeah. Have some real peaks and valleys. Um, I definitely think that's, that's something, I mean, it's, it's, uh, what is it? That's, that's physics, right? Bodies in motion tend to stay in motion. Bodies at rest tend to stay at rest. Yeah. If you are, are kind of like you're in your, I don't want to say rut because that's intensely negative, but. But basically, no, you're, right. you're you're on your path. Yeah, if if you're just kind of in your comfort zone, doing your thing, you know, whatever, it that's kind of where it stops. Right. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that. I no. Mean, if you feel good and you feel great, but if you want to get something new, if you want yeah. to, you know. But that was sort of the thing. I was I was in my my comfort zone and in kind of a rut, so to speak. But I was also intensely unhappy mm-hmm. about that. And so then I think drastic change needs to happen in one form or another, and need to force myself to you know, kind of be more focused in. I also think that, I mean, this is going to sound really campy and cheesy, but in terms of, I, I guess the overarching idea behind any of my goals, my specific goals, because my goals for this next year were rather specific. They were, you know, all about setting up my own systems, that sort of thing. But I think the overarching idea behind that is kind of becoming more in tune with and having the confidence in, uh, things that I actually find interest in and things that I actually want to do rather than things that I feel like I have to do in order to make a living, get a 401k, you know, get that house, right? all that sort of thing. And, um, and so I think right now I'm just in that stage where I need to like build confidence in that idea that I don't have to be a, you know, PhD at any given time, go back to school for another degree and, <laughs> Yeah, don't do that. I know, I know, but 
but that's kind of that stage that I'm at at the moment where I'm realizing that that's not exactly the thing that I have to do. And so now it's time to legitimize it by, you know, making something, creating something. Right. And, and you are stepping outside of your comfort zone in a huge way. Yeah. Like you're moving to another city, but if your goal is not that big, uh, you know, let's say it's a tinier goal. Like I want to lose 10 pounds. Sure. You know, you know, it's not going to, it could happen. It probably could have happened by now if you tried really hard. By January 15th? If you started January 1. I've seen people lose 10 pounds in 15 days. Yeah, but that's like not a sustainable it's way to do It's all water it. weight, that's still. Yeah, yeah that's yo-yo that's still. dieting. But, you know, if it's something small like that, think of tiny ways to lose that one pound a week. So in what's 10, month, 10 weeks from now? I don't know. <laughs> that's in uh, by Easter... You know, you can be down 10 pounds. Yeah. That sounds about right. I'm not going to fact check you. Well, yeah, I mean, what that comes down to is... Uh, but what I'm trying to say is it doesn't have to be a huge, drastic veer off your comfort zone. You know, your path might be straightforward. You don't have to flip a bitch and <laughs> drive off-road for three years. No, I'm just... If it's a little tiny thing, that's fine. You know, try, try a little tiny step outside of your comfort zone. I think what you're addressing is something that you actually already brought up, but you you didn't put a, a emphasis on it. But it's that you, uh, because I saw essentially that you were breaking down your your uh, overarching kind of goal into components. And I think that's essentially what you're saying here is it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's large and overwhelming, but you can do the small, just one small step at a time. Yes. And you know, that turns into something larger. You set a goal for a year. The year is 365 days. It's a long time. You're 15 days in. Come on. You still have 340 days left, I hope. 350. 50 days left. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> uh, not really. No, because those last 10 days of the year, it's all Christmas stuff. And nobody yeah, does it doesn't really count. Yeah. See? In your face. Fair enough. It works out. But yeah, it, there's there's nothing really to get overwhelmed by the fifteenth about lock it down. Well, no, we're just talking about a, a statistic, right? If you're feeling that way by chance, yeah. If you happen to feel like you're you're you a statistic, want to quit, and you need to break it down, break it down, break it down, break it down. Yeah, compartmentalize it, make it into uh, smaller bits and pieces. Tackle those things one at a time. What what they call prioritize and execute. Don't do that though. Just try something new. Prioritize and execute sounds so sterile and gross. Leave it to the artist to have an issue. I want to prioritize. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's from Six Sigma. Pardon me. Pardon me. I'm going to execute this task. I'm pretty sure Jack Welch wrote that. That's probably true. I only remember the. Uh, I kind of remember the uh, Six Sigma from Thirty Rock. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. It was like manliness was one of them, <laughs> and uh, handshakefulness. Handshakefulness. Something like that. It was pretty funny. All right. Well, everybody, keep moving forward. Don't give up. Stick to them. You can do it. Thank you for listening to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, share, and leave a rating. We'd really appreciate it. You can find Chris on social media using the handle at Elephant Scout. 
You can find me with at Atish Mazish. And finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter with at CSS Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at cscottcreate.com. Thank you so much.